The past, the present, the future. This is Friday Night Fright. What the planet is listening to. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Fright, hosted by me, Ian Austin, your pipe host, your Ayatollah of not rock and roll, because that's probably trademarked by Chris Jericho, the wrestler. I'm the guy who hosts this podcast. I'm the guy, not the guy, not that guy, because that guy belongs to someone else, I know. No, uh, I'm the guy, quotation marks. Um, I guess you could say the guy T-H instead of T-H-E. That's probably not trademarked, although maybe it is. Anyway, I won't try and copyright it. To cut long story short, I'm here for another episode of Friday Night Fright. Try again. I'm here for another episode of Friday Night Fry. And boy, we have a fun episode this week. I have a fun episode this week. I always get my um, singular and more than singular mixed up. Jolly good. Anyway, yes, I'm here this week to cover the Netflix series Ratchet. And I'm sure you're going to ask me the simple question, what is Ratchet? Well, it's a origin sort of to the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest directed by Molas Foreman. You might know Molas Foreman from Man on Moon and the other great movie Amadeus. Amadeus incidentally is one of the great unheralded movies of the 20th century. Maybe it was a bit heralded, who knows. Anyway, One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest directed by Molas Foreman, produced by Michael Douglas, starring Jack Nicholson with Christopher Lloyd and Danny Vito in supporting roles. Very cool, very cool. But more importantly than just being cool, it's not something which really needs prequel, especially one about a character, the nurse Ratchet in question, who wasn't was memorable because she was just evil. But do you really need that story on her? Wait, Netflix is like, yes, you do. And they've cast Sarah Paulson to do it, and they've reunited her with Ryan Murphy, the guy behind American Horror Story and American Crime Story. Side note, American Crime Story, the O.J. Simpson season was amazing, one of my favourite seasons of TV show in recent memory. Season 2, dealing with Giovanni Versace, not quite as good, but season 1 is really good. But Ryan Murphy has 10 seats, make really good seasons of the show. Glee, season 1, I really enjoyed. Season 2, Fair Park, American Crime Horror Story, same thing. American Crime Story, same thing. So it's likely that we'll get one really good season of Ratchet, and then they'll be like, let's make more. And he'll be like, no, please don't. It doesn't need season, let alone more than that. But I should point out again, I've said but a lot, I was a big fan of One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest. I haven't seen it that many times, but I do remember really enjoying it when I did see it. And I like Sarah Pauls, and she's a really good actress, so who knows, maybe this show won't be dog shit. Um, maybe it might, who knows. Anyway, this episode, I'm going to be recapping... I don't know how many, I think maybe four, maybe five, maybe six. Like, I'll try and get through half the season. I might not get that far. You you guys know me. I, I have grandiose visions for this podcast and all goes to shit pretty quickly. Much like a Ryan Murphy show. But Sarah Paulson, good actress. So, who knows, maybe this will surprise me. Probably not. Probably not. Anyway, I'll be back after a brief word from our sponsor, which is me. Hey guys, in here from future after the episode's been fully recorded and just adding this little bit in. There are lots of spoilers in this episode for the series known as Ratchets. So if don't want to be spoiled, don't listen to it. And I can tell you up front now, I am enjoying the series. I am enjoying it a lot as you'll find in the end of the episode with the epilogue. I'll go into a bit more specifics. But if you don't want spoilers, this isn't a podcast for you and the next couple of weeks won't be for you. So what I would recommend is if you've any interesting Ratchet, I watch the first four episodes episodes and then listen to this podcast if you just want to listen to this podcast and get some guys opinions on it and don't mind having spoilers then feel free to listen away but if you do want to be going cold to the series i wouldn't listen to this episode but if you do listen and you do not care about spoilers i've seen it you'll get some enjoyment out of it because i clearly did enjoy the experience of watching it okay that's all i have to say back to your regularly scheduled review thank you So, 
so I just watched episode one of Ratchet and obviously there will be spoilers from this point forward. This entire episode of Friday Night Friday will be for spoilers for Ratchet. So if you haven't seen it and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening now because I'm going to start spoiling. Okay, so this is a weird as shit origin story for a character who doesn't need an origin story. For a bit of context, one flew over the cuckoo's nest centred on... A character, I think Jack Nicholson's character Murphy or McMurphy versus Nurse Ratchet is essentially a case of you know what isn't what is sanity, you know, driving someone to a semblance of insanity or maybe pulling out of them and it was there all along. But it's a case of misguided evil, although McMurphy by or Murphy by virtue of what he was alleged to have done in the story was pretty fucked up human being. And Nurse Ratchet was just somehow even more fucked up and took glee in tormenting her captives at the asylum. And this show sort of continues the same theme because Nurse Ratchet doesn't really get much characterization. She's obviously given little, little bits and pieces by Sarah Paulson, who's doing her best with pretty shoddy material. And as usual with Ryan Murphy, he really doesn't know when to stop or when to balance or when to provide a sense of logic or reality to proceedings because this is batshit insane and at the same time while watching it you will notice quite a fair bit and it seems like he's pulling more from Stanley Kubrick and Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho and then he is from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest because as far as I remember One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest didn't have lots of gore lots of gore, lots of sets um, and certainly didn't start showing everything in a green tent green filter for no reason that's not so it's bad choices it's not necessarily bad per se it just doesn't really fit the material and it's clear that ryan murphy doesn't want to actually make a prequel to one flew of the cooker's nest he wants to essentially reboot the entire franchise but say in 1947 for some bizarre reason so the central plot of the show revolves around a man named Edmund Tolson who murders a bunch of priests and a monsignor um, and his logic is well, the monsignor slept with his mother and then he all went wrong she went to her house blah 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 and from there we got to an entirely disconnected plot of Nurse Ratchet or Ratchet Mrs. Midrick Ratchet she's known and she's trying to get a job at the Lucia Mental Institute overseen by Mr. Hank, Dr. Hangover and Nurse Bucket. Um, Dr. Hangover, by the way, doesn't want his picture taken, which makes me think that he's either a pedophile, a rapist, a pedophile rapist, or uh, a serial killer of his own, but I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. His inept attempts at being doctor in this episode clearly point out that he's not necessarily on ball, and Nurse Ratchet quickly gets her run for place. Despite the fact that there's no position available for a nurse, in spite of the fact that there's clearly not going to be a position open anytime soon, she manipulates a bored housewife named Amelia, who she finds having sex in the vine room um, in a very shining moment. They make eye contact. You never make eye. You shouldn't make eye contact with a woman while she's being ploughed by a fat guy in the vine room. That's just, it's just basic maths, you know. Basic logistics. It's like you're having devil's triangle and you're making eye contact with your compatriot in crime or compatriot in digging in this case. If you're making eye contact during devil's triangle, it's going to be awkward and it's just as awkward if two ladies making contact, making eye contact in buying room while one of them's getting ploughed by a big guy. Like, just it's not a dumb thing. But it does go to show that Ryan Murphy really doesn't necessarily understand what made one flew over the cooker's nest particularly resonant because he just revels in excess and it was something that people brought up in the hollywood series that he made which i haven't watched yet where it's just he he's an ideas man ryan murphy's an ideas man but unfortunately sometimes you have to say to him you know what we don't need sarah paulson walking down a fucking corridor in slow motion while the screen turns green piss like look i'm not against having theaters in a movie. I have plenty of theatres in my upcoming movie Barbara Batchung. No, I love theatres. I'm saying, you know, you need to pick and choose when you use them, and it's not really any thematic point to walking down the corridor piss green, pea green, you know. And when Nurse Ratchet manipulates Amelia, 
who has a husband and daughter to leaving the town and then takes her job but Nurse Bucket doesn't like her. So Nurse Ratchet, engineers, Wamba, people at the care home to to ingest medication, puts them in shock and then she takes Nurse Bucket to fuck off and saves this guy's life. While Governor's there and Governor had a little hangover and he didn't want to get involved with any um, restructuring of the lunatic asylum but then he suddenly decides to because his wife tears him to and he's played by Vincent D'Onofrio who I don't want to be cruel but like you're not playing you're not playing Kingpin anymore Vincent is there any reason that the governor has to be stout I don't really think there is and it's a shame because he's lived his good performance otherwise but I just don't feel like the character needs to be that particular demeanour and then again Ryan Murphy does like dealing with Cess so what can do um, we find out Dr Hanover as I alluded to earlier doesn't like having his picture taken so pedophile rapist or pedophile rapist or serial killer or serial killer pedophile rapist you know, it's Ryan Murphy show so it could go either way just throw a dart at the dartboard and you'll hit one of them so Nurse Ratchet engineers a priest to overdose and then she saves his life and then she convinces another prisoner to commit suicide for letter opener and when um, the governor's there at that point and when um, Dr Hangover realises this he realises that he'll be found negligent and you'll find out he's a pedophile or a rapist or pedophile rapist or a serial killer or a serial killer and pedophile rapist so he decides that the thing to do is to let Nurse Ratchet sort it out and Nurse Ratchet does sort it out by taking Salvatore to the incinerator and then where he dies and burns and then she gets off a job because you know she's playing system better than fucking Loki better than Baron Zemo and fucking Captain America Civil War it's like everything she does goes calling plan oh except for the part where Corey, Corey Stoll Corey Stoll being the um, bad guy in Ant-Man and Ernest Hemingway in Woody Allen's rather good midnight in Paris um, he is playing a guy who may or may not have crash on Nurse Ratchet and they about have sex but then she says no she's never done this before so she says her idea for her idea of a fancy four-place situation is to have an argument about kids she doesn't want them he does but then she says we will get divorced and also we're not going to have sex so Corey Stoll says you know what it's fantastic I'm out you won't have sex give me a call so, you know, he leaves, and that takes place earlier in the episode. So Nurse Ratchet ends the episode by visiting Edmund Tolson, who's been brought to their facility. He's been nicknamed the clergy killer. So it turns out that the brother and sister, it's like, wait, what? And then it's sort of like, I'll save you, brother. And I'm watching this thinking, like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? Like, you have to divorce this from one flew over the cooking's nest, because there's no way that this gets any, this is anywhere like a prequel but I would say if this winds up Ryan Murphy remaking One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest fine if he remakes it fine just don't act like this is actually going to be a follow up or a prequel setting up the events of that movie as we saw in the 70s because it's not so this episode and all future episodes is going to be rated on two different scales it's going to be rated on a scale of familiarity and recognition and quality in relation to the movie and in that regard this gets two out of five because the character of Nurse Ratchet the vagaries work but everything is doesn't so in the colour scheme and the I know obviously it's made today and it wasn't made in the past so it shouldn't necessarily look like that but at the same time it should feel totally similar and it doesn't it feels very obsessive and it doesn't really mesh with what movie is going for um, in any regard, even stylistic choices don't match, you know. It feels much more like Shining or Psycho 2 than it does One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. But what about if I rate it on Ryan Murphy's scale? And if I rate it on Ryan Murphy's scale, I'd give it 3 out of 5 because it was entertaining, it was silly, it was ridiculous, it doesn't really work. Pre- I suppose you can view it as a handball-style reimagining and works a lot better, but fundamentally three out of five is probably as high as I'd go because I just even after having watched this episode and thought it was actually okay and pretty good in parts and there were a few funny lines but it's just what's the point 
fundamentally, what is the point? But then going, what am I talking about? Because clearly it's in Netflix's top 10 of the day, um, and clearly lots of people did enjoy it. So yeah, um, three out of, two out of five and three out of five. So overall, five out of ten. Five out of ten overall. So pretty, not bad, not worst start, not best start, but not too shabby. Um, so there's episode one, and I'll be back in the set of episode two. Or a sec for you. Me, I'm going to take a fucking day's break and watch episode two tomorrow. Yo, so I just watched episode two of Ratched. <laughs> uh, if I say, I'm giving up on the whole um, one score for how faithful it is to the original and one score for how good the actual episode is in a Ryan Murphy ratio, because... It's not even close to the original. And at this point, despite the fact that it has my Douglas's name as an executive producing credits, I'm going to just view this as an original piece of horror fiction because it has nothing to do with the original movie whatsoever. And I'll just drive to say insane, giving it one score out of five for that and three or four for the other thing. Because then it makes the episode sound like a five out of ten, which doesn't seem quite fair. Um, so the reviews can be a five. This episode so it starts with Jeffrey from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, who oh man, that guy can seriously act. Uh, I know I don't know his name, but Jeffrey is a great character in Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and he really does great job acting in the like five minutes screen time he gets in this episode. He really has such a theatrical quality to his acting that you think, yeah, cool, cool, and you obviously see him after Doctor Hangover ingests some medication. Possibly stop his paedophilia, possibly stop his rapi- being rapist or serial killer, or possibly stop him being a paedophilic rapist serial killer. All three of them at the same time, in which taking drugs and they're holding something at bay. And should that that this guy was the played the father of Darren Chris's character in the Versace American Crime Story, and he's also on the good place as Jason's crazy dad. And he's a really good actor, actually. Um, it's a shame this character doesn't really make any sense. But he does have a really good scene later on with Edmund Olsen, where you get a strong implication that he might be a serial killer of his own kind. So, one out of three is correct. My theory is about Papa Jason. What's happened in this episode? Um, well... Uh, Mildred Ratchet, Nurse Ratchet. Um, we first see Nurse Bucket steals Nurse Ratchet's peach, which is kind of a bit on nose. So Nurse Ratchet, despite such respond by going on a date with the governor's secretary or governor's wife, something whatever cases, and they have a really nice time eating oysters, and we just see them slurp them down, and they seem to be bonding quite a bit, so the governess is governess secretary, takes Mildred to a lesbian bar, and it's in 1947, so Mildred is horrified by thought of a bar full of women who, you know, she can actually they can actually, even if they don't go on an actual date, they can relax her, they can have some fun, they can avoid men and their gropey, gropey sons, but nope, she's offended by it. So like, what do you think I am? And the Cynthia Nixon, a.k.a. Governor Sector, is like, you, you, I, I thought you were like me, but apparently not. No harm, no foul. I'll drive you home. To which Nurse Ratchet says, no, don't touch me. I'll get bartender to go a taxi. But like, no, you're still at that place. There's still, there's now more evidence you're at that place than there will otherwise be, you know. So anyway, Vincent don't. Donofrio, Governor Vincent, isn't in this episode um, for reasons, I guess, of going forward. Him. Uh, apparently, Sharon Stone's in the series. I haven't seen her yet, although she might have been playing one of the characters and I haven't really noticed. And there's a scene at the start with Jeffrey, a teenager, a fading opera singer, and a lesbian who are all going to have lobotomies to cure their afflictions. And it's so like, what do you mean they're afflictions? And then I have to remember that this was 1947, so juvenile delinquency, melania, uh, melancholia, you know, memory loss, and lesbianism was seen as things which are going to be cured by getting fucking needle in the face. And they use minimal anesthetic, which is ridiculous. But unfortunately, we don't get big reveal for someone waking up mid-surgery and screaming. I thought that would be a really good part for Jeffrey from Fresh Prince Bel-Air, because he's obviously got quite a good vocal range. He probably could have done a really horrible scream. But no, instead, the operation just gets fit, fucked up, few people faint, and then Dr. Hangover screams afterwards and says, it all went shit. 
And I, my sole comment to that would be maybe you shouldn't try doing four lobotomies in 15 minutes, you fucking moron. So from there, sort of like, oh, it's fine, I got some cadavers from Morgan, I'm going to use um, fucking ice bits on them, and he tries, but then nurses are throwing up again, nurse bucket threw up during the original operation, and that pissed him off too, and he's like, if you can't stomach this, get the fuck out, and so like, it's not so much stomaching, it's like you're asking a bunch of nurses... And a bunch of reporters and a bunch of, like, governmental officials to sit in while you jam fucking needles in people's eyes, you sick fuck. And it doesn't even seem to work. And the whole point of this episode is there's two main plots. One, Edmund Tolson meets with Dr. Hangover in a generally really, really good scene, which actually one of the reasons why I decided to stop comparing the original, because I thought this would never be in the original movie's continuity, because it doesn't make any sense, but in terms of really good, really intense scenes, great, because Edmund Tolson, who's spurred on by Mildred Ratchet, and basically told, you have to fake schizophrenia, and he does a really good job of it, which Dr. Hangover diagnosed this, but Dr. Hangover expertly points out he's too good at it, and he's very suspicious how on the ball he is. And it all shows Edmund Tolson's a really good actor. So if he hadn't murdered, as we find out, raped the priest, or priest, if he hadn't raped and murdered all those priests and mutilated Mincinio, maybe he could have gone Hollywood. I mean, he's got kind of a James Dean vibe going on, except for all murders. You know, if he's driving cars really quickly, he might actually be uh, not murdering people. He might be a James Dean style character, but no, he's not. He's just a psychopath. But then we get hints of Dr. Hangover maybe is having some things that he's repressing. He's sort of like, I want to know about Moment of Rage. And he relates to Edmund a little too much. Even if he does put up Edmund's bullshit story about fucking dentists and governmental wires and wire monsters and fucking rage your mouth and shit like that. When I would, if I heard that story, I'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up. What are you talking about? But Dr. Hangover humors him for a bit longer. And also at the same time, doesn't seem particularly scared that there's a knife in the room and Edmund's hands aren't bound. He doesn't seem worried about that, which suggests some of his own rage issues. Oh shit, maybe he turns into Hulk. I know it's this bit shorter in timeline, but I don't know. This could maybe work in the MCU. Uh, Dr. Jekyll... Dr. Hangover, Mr. Jekyll sort of thing. Anyway, um, so this shit goes on, and then that ends, and I'm... Oh, you got your... So Mildred is like, you know, I'm going to see the surviving priest, and so like, did you see Doc... Did you see Edmund's face? And he's like, yeah, I did, because he, he murdered Monsignor, and then I went outside, and I was crying, and then looked up, and he was smoking a cigarette not too far away, and he looked at me, and then just walked off. And I was like, that's a bit weird. Why wouldn't he make eye contact? It's a bit like last episode where Mildred made eye contact with Nurse Amelia while Milo's getting ploughed. So, like, you don't make eye contact with someone just murdering most of your friends, because that's weird. Like, that's a you see me and I see you sort of situation, because you can identify him, but he can identify you. But then Edmund just sort of walks off, you know, after James Dean sort of struck. And he's put all of his cap and clothes on, he's having a cigarette, and it's kind of a weird vibe. It's sort of like, you know, why are you putting on clothes? Like jacket shit. You just murdered a bunch of people. Clearly, you know, good and evil don't bother you. So why would, like, hot and cold, you know? Anyway. From there, we cut to a Mildred goes to visit the priest again after visiting him earlier in the episode. So, like, we need to talk about what you saw. You need taming. I need to record it. And the priest is sort of like, okay. And so, sort of like, I made eye contact with Edmund Tolson. It's creepy. We, we, we made eye contact. It's kind of like a devil's triangle sort of thing. I didn't want to make eye contact, but I saw him and I couldn't look away. So, from there, um, Mildred's sort of like, now drink your tea, father. And it's very much like, um, uh, fucking, uh, I can't remember her name, but the one off from Father Ted's like, drink your tea, Father. I can't do that thing, but you get just, drink your tea, Father. Ah, go on, 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 go on. Ah, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. So anyway, Father drinks his tea, and then he, suspiciously, he starts having a freak out. He's like, oh my God. But that's not killing him, that's an anaesthetic, because he wakes up tight to bed, and Midrith's sort of like, now, father, I'm going to take this hammer and this fucking giant-ass needle, I'm going to smash it into your face. And it's like, I was thinking at this point, I was like, Midrith, you know, you're going to leave a scar. But apparently she masters the art of lobotomy, which 
Doctor Hangover couldn't master, which suggests that if Doctor Hangover isn't Doctor, or Midra is operating on some ridiculous four-dimensional game chess, because she masters the lobotomy first go in a way that Doctor Hangover couldn't, because half Doctor Hangover's patients weren't cured. Um, we don't see the actor, Jeffrey. Um, we see the little kid who's like, I don't give a shit about anything. And then we see the opera singer and the other woman, and the other woman's eating her out as the opera singer's going, which doesn't seem like cured either of them, but Major is sort of like, well, one out of four isn't bad. So she goes to fucking, she performs the botting. It works perfectly because this guy can't say anything to um, the feds when they come by. And they're like, despite the priestess being like, oh, he's, he's put on lots of weight recently. He seems very, very responsive, which we didn't see in the evidence of earlier. So is this a few weeks later and she's just ruefully naive or does she not? know what she's talking about is she in league with nurse ratchet who knows anyway the fbi is like we're, we're not getting anything out of him being in 30 seconds we're, we're not coming back we're just going to drop the case so they they walk off and the episode ends and so yeah um that was uh interesting episode um there was one part i really liked where they show fucking dr hangover taking his um pipe taking pipe to the mouth um and then a screen turns to red. <sighs> so tired, work so hard. And when the screen turns to red, and I'm like, that's straight out of my movie. That's out of Barbatuan. Barbatuan. And I was like, that's awesome. It's the same shit. And okay, they have high production values, but when Hollywood starts seeing your shit, even if they have never even had that sister, and they chopped this shit months ago, when you start doing shit Hollywood does, it's like, yeah, I'm doing stuff Ryan Murphy did. Yeah, I'm in there. Yeah, yeah. So um, this episode I give, I actually would give it three out of five. I actually thought it's very entertaining. When you take away the fact that it's not one fluid for the cookies nest and treat, it's his own story. It's a very Ryan Murphy tale. Um, stylistically a few choices they bother me the green bothers me the rooms for sets bother me because that's something that's more out of the shining and it's still very violent and doesn't necessarily match the tone you know, it shouldn't necessarily match I mean like I say if you take away the fact that if you annoy the fact that it's not a prequel it's a reimagining of the entire franchise of the cuckoo's nest it's and also, if you take in mind that Tim Maneer works on the show, and Tim Maneer is a sick fuck. Um, but a very good writer, but a sick fuck. He comes up with some fucking sick ideas. You take into account he's on right stuff, and you view it more as a Hannibal style reimagining, it's pretty good. Not as good as Hannibal so far. Hannibal was really good aesthetically the first two episodes, but I did enjoy this. So, yeah, I think three out of five, and Sarah Paulson and. The guy who played Dr. Hangover continuing to do a really good job. And also I found out that Nurse Bucket's played by Judy Davis, who's got nothing worked with so far except eating Midra's peach. <laughs> she ate the peach! Um, but I'm sure she'll have something to do later on. And apparently Sharon Stone's in this. I haven't seen any evidence of that so far, but Cynthia Nixon is in it and is doing a good job. And hey, maybe we'll see Governor Vincent next week. Or next episode, um, which you'll be hearing about in just a second view. I'm going to go off and clean my flat. So um, you'll keep listening and you'll hear about next episode recap in just a second. Hey, just watch episode three. And if ever the phrase, what the fuck be uttered it was to this like it's the most Ryan Murphy of all Ryan Murphy TV episodes because he's clearly decided I don't want to make anything which can even loosely even categorically even slightly be described as a prequel to anything I want to go full Ryan Murphy and if you've seen American Horror Story you know what full Ryan Murphy is it is glorious schlock and the schlock is in full effect in this episode how how start? Um, so let's just cover the broad strokes of the episode. So there's a number of plots. There's the governess, um, governor's secretary, who is in a mutually beneficial relationship with a, um, uh, a 
for lack of a better term, a gay black man pretending to be straight. Well, she's pretending to be straight. He's made partner in his firm, and she's having success, but she decides that she can't be in a relationship anymore. And he's like, no, no, it's mutually beneficial, both of us. Look, they'll judge us. And she's like, no, no. See, I, I have this thing from Nurse Ratchet. He rightly points out, what, what, the, the, the nursing paper? Like, she, she's not gay uh, Simply Nixon, so like where she might be, who knows? You know, we we haven't got that far in the season yet, but we'll get there in the end. Um, so they break up. Um, oh no, he says she can have two days to think about it, so he's not technically broken up yet. And Corey Stoll returns, um, and we find out that he's been paid by Sharon Stone to murder Doctor Hanover because apparently Sharon Stone had a son, um, who Doctor Hanover was paid to treat because son was into peakerism, which is stamp people's needles. It's like a sexual fetish. I've never heard of it before, but I did see a movie called Mom, Mom and Dad at one point, and there was a big that movie about the mum getting off on inch, pushing needles through people's skin, and it was a weird movie. And so, um, yeah, um, he liked to do this. We did it to Gardner of a leather punch, and it hurt Gardner. So Dr. Hangover and then named Dr. Bingberger. <laughs> Bingberger. Um, <laughs> so he, he was hired by Sharon Stone Treat to sung, and thought, hey, there's this popular treatment in Switzerland. And he says there's popular treatment in Switzerland a lot. So he's like, I'll give the kids some LSD. But kid's like, you know, I'll take your SD, but only if you take it. So Dr. Hangover's like, okay, I'll fake taking your SD. And he really obviously fakes it. So he takes, this kid takes 20 milligrams of SD. And Dr. Hangover takes 4,000 milligrams. It's like, that would kill him, surely. But apparently not. He just sees through to reality of existence. And I'm sure he sees the new gods such as Darkseid, Steppenwolf, Highfather, um... And Orion and Wolf and Carabac and all those new gods DC Comics who live beyond the veil of reality. So he sees this and says, oh shit. But then kids are like, you know, I need to lose my arms because my arms, like, I've been possessed by a cosmic deity. And, you know, I need to cut my arms off. And Dr. Hangover's too out of it, really, intervene. So the kid cuts his arms off with a, cut one arm off with a saw, smacks, crushes the humerus of the other arm. And then Dr. Hangover's like, oh my God, I have to perform surgery high on SD. So he starts trying to cut the arm off and then right, tries reattaching the governor, the um, gardener's arms. And yeah, the kid murdered the gardener. And um, he tries to turn the arms on. Hangover realised this isn't a good idea. He's going to go septic. Bye. And runs off. Um, and then kid does go septic and need to amputate all of his limbs. And we saw him in the opening scene. No limbs. So it's kind of a, you know, all oh, bit of a foreshadowing there. And anyway, that's where Sharon Stone wants him dead. And indeed, Corey Stoll almost gets dropped on Dr. Hangover, but blows his wad prematurely, for lack of better terminology, and shoots the windows out. Dr. Hangover gets away, and Corey Stoll's like, shit. So he goes and that sets with Mildred. You remember Corey Stoll's the drifter from the first episode. So he has sets. He has sets with Mildred. Um, and, but unfortunately, she has a flashback to when she was in war and says, you know, I can only have sets if you treat me like a horse. And so, like, what? Like in butt? She's like, yep, so I have butts. So he has sets with her butt. Um, and she fantasizes about Cynthia Nixon while she's having sets. And I'm sure that's happened before. Um, but then he's like, this shit's weird. I'm going, I'm not doing this again. So he's gone. Bill will be back shortly. Um, so Mildred um, is messing around things at the Lucia hostel. But so is Nurse Bucket. Nurse Bucket um, finds out about the lesbian fornication. So she takes the young one, Miss Cartwright, and they give her enough treatment from Switzerland. It's called the hot bath. So it's like 119 degrees, which sounds hot. Um, Or 117, actually. They put on 119 baths. 119 degrees for 20 minutes. And then ice bath for five minutes. There you go. Apparently it works. They say she has no more lesbian iconography or fantasies. Not even about housewife broke up her marriage. And so, like, don't blame housewife. And also, here's the thing. I don't know what this show's trying to say. Because on one hand, it's, you know, trying to point out the awfulness of what they're doing. But on the other hand, this woman was in an institution. And the first thing she did after... Having a lobotomy was to eat out an elderly woman. It's like, couldn't she have 
basic restraint, like, you know, it's weird. Anyway, um, so they, Miss Cartwright's told huh, the soldier boy who, <laughs> soldier boy, um, hey, his assistant, so I'm not doing that shit again, and Nurse Ratchet says, you know what, you've got a crooked face, you may be a war vet, who's going to hire you? Um, the other story is Edmund Tolson is like, you know, doing press-ups and push-ups and he's visited by Dolly, one of the nurses, and Edmund is sort of like, you know, I've had reaction three days and, and it turns into a very Ryan Murphy scene where um, the nurse jerks him off into completion and then walks back and calls the security guy perfect for not intervening and it's like, don't judge him. You, you know, it's the only one who jerked off a fucking priest killer, clergy killer, you freak. Oh, no. It's it's a weird ass hospital by the way. It really does seem more like the shining than anything, like where everyone's a bit fucked from being in that horrible haunted place, but apparently it's not what we're going to get the aesthetic from. And Dr. Hangover explains his past to Madrid, the um amputations and so on says, Sharon Stone's gonna kill you me and Madrid's like, No, she's not and that's the end of the episode. Um so what do I think? Well I was like this is most Ryan Murphy, as I said, and the Ryan Murphy of all the episodes to date. It's a really, 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 really disgustingly gory episode. Really weird, lots of oddness, like it's going full Ryan Murphy at this point, and that's some quiet taste. Some people aren't into things when they go full Ryan Murphy. I tend to prefer it. I mean, this does feel like they've wrapped through about five episodes of story in one episode. And it's like Ryan Murphy got bored with the storyboarding. So like, right, just jam all this shit in the same episode. Because you could really had a whole episode flashback for Doctor Hangover stuff. And again, I, I kind of got it wrong. He's not Pete Fowl, he's not a rapist, and he's not a serial killer. He's just a really, really bad doctor. So shame on me, I guess. Um... Yep, uh, but there you go. Um, Episode-wise, four out of five? I, I actually really enjoyed it. I know I sound like I'm tired, but I always sound like tired, but it was a really good episode. It's like, if you're going to make something, you got to make something distinctive, and this was like the point where it's sort of like, right, we've done our whole two episodes of setup. now let's get batshit crazy, and they really did. Maybe too much story, maybe, you know, too much character stuff for one episode. You know, you're dealing with a lot. You're dealing with break up one marriage. Dealing with a nurse and Edmund Tolson. Dealing with Dr. Hangover and Nurse Bucket. Having a weird, weird they won't they? You're dealing with the whole governor. Governor's back and so I want Edmund Tolson to die. Um, you're dealing with Mildred and Corey Stoll. Dealing with Mildred and Dr. Hangover. You're dealing with Dr. Hangover. That's doing a lot of stuff packing to one episode of a TV show. Let alone 50 minute one. It's never boring. It was always entertaining, but you think maybe, like Corey Stoll, they blew their chance too soon. Maybe. But anyway, anyway, four out of five, and definitely best episode so far, and it's given me a bit of motivation to keep going, so I might get to first six episodes this week. Should be cool. Um, if I have enough day off from work, I've got some stuff to do tomorrow, which is Tuesday, but if I have, say, Friday off or Thursday off, I might see if I can do... Anyway, uh, I'll be back with another review for you guys in just a second, if I can stop you on. And so, just watched episode four of Ratchet, and wow, what a, another batshit insane episode of TV that was. It thought last week's episode, or... The last episode. Oh no, it's not weird for Netflix because they always go, they don't go by weeks. It's just they all go up at once. But if you go by last episode, which was pretty high up on Ryan Murphy, Ryan Murphy, full Ryan Murphy scale. If I'd say that's probably four Ryan Murphys out five Ryan Murphys. This is five Ryan Murphys out five Ryan Murphys because this feels like the season finale. But then episode four and we've got six or eight more episodes left. I can't remember which. Um, but yeah, so. What happened in this episode? Well, a complete load of stuff happened in this episode. It was like, Ryan Murphy thought, I can't possibly have this go to the finale. I can't do a way construct thing. I gotta just get through as much plot as possible, as quickly as possible. So let's go through it. Plot thread number one, which is over very quickly. Paying off the last episode with Dolly, where she tugged off Edmund, and then Skugard shrugged it off. 
Everyone knows about it. So Mildred says, look, as an argument with Edmund, she's like, look, uh, I don't want you having sex with a woman because then we couldn't be so close. And Edmund's like, well, if I can't have sex with Dolly, then what about if we have sex? And I'm like, what? And Mildred's like, I won't do that again. And I'm like, what? And Edmund's like, come in. He grabs her hand and puts it in his enlarged penis because of vitamins and I'm like what and Midget's like no I won't and pulls hand back and I'm like what and then I keep saying what a few more times I'm like wait wait what that's full Ryan Murphy that's as Ryan Murphy as you get so that's crazy um so the implication is that they've had sets um but then the, their reunion at the first episode in case they haven't seen each other in a long time so that's weird um Yep, and that's not plot up going for the rest of the episode. Never even looked to it, just dumped straight away at the start. Um, so worth stuff's happening. Dr. Hangover is in a car somewhere shooting up sodium something. Um, it, I get the impression from the angle it looked like he was injecting saving Groinville, which I can't recommend on many different levels. Main one being, if you do that, you probably get DVT in your leg, but also quite uh, deep vein thrombosis. But you also might get a deep vein thrombosis in your balls. And you don't want that, trust me. Because <laughs> what are you going to do with a blood clot in your testicles, you know? This is patience is silly. It's, it's hospital life. Anyway, so um, then he returns to hotel later on. But not after we get a batshit insane allusion to Psycho, I think, with the music and shit. Where fucking... Mildred has sex with Corey Starr again, and she rides him like a jet plane. Apparently, it's much better lane than last time. Despite that, he's stupid. She's fucked up, and she's saying he needs to pretend he doesn't have any legs. Um, so they have incredibly passionate sex happens off screen, taking Ryan Murphy slang off a bit there, and it's overheard by the governor's secretary, who's like, "Oh shit." And then when Corey Stoll leaves the room, because Corey Stoll does leave the room, after he confesses Mildred and he said, Murdoch hangover, and she's like, oh, how do you do it? And he doesn't find that suspicious. Actually, he does for a second, but then he has rough sex with her anyway, which again happens off screen. He leaves, and the governor's secretary, who's staying at, Matt, at the hotel, during hotel in town, confronts Mildred and so like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck? And Mildred's like, look, you can't come in room because there's two ladies walking into room together, people who talk. Despite that, I don't think people really would talk. They talk more about you and Corey Stoll having sex, but, you know, Corey Stoll freaked out the receptionist earlier by murdering a leech. Yes, the secretary, the receptionist has, or owner of the hotel, has a bunch of arthritis, so she's using leech to count leeches to cancel out it and Corey Stoll murdered one for leeches said give me your goddamn phone and she did and he phoned Sharon Stone and was sort of like don't worry I'll kill Dr Hangover and she was like you know my son's playing chess in the background with one of our gardeners and it's looking a bit crooked so I'm not happy with that but also if you don't murder Dr Hangover today I'm taking 50,000 clams off 250,000 Corey Stoll was like god damn it I need that 250,000 for you know another hat so he hatches his plan with um, Mildred. And this comes after um, we have a bit of an illusion last episode. Miss Cartwright and Ingrid, two of patients, not Jeffrey, opera singer and uh, repressed lesbian. And so they're going to barbecue Ingrid in the hot tub, the hot tub of power, but it doesn't work because someone's chewed through cables and uh, Huck, the orderly, Mouth off to Nurse Bucking, so like it's barbaric and evil. Could do it, I wouldn't do it. She's like, just let me tell Dr. Hangover about this, he'll be furious. So then, um, Huck later on, after Ingress, after shit, I'm getting names wrong, after Nurse Ratchet has let um, Corey Soul on property, I'm so much happy after Mildred's let Corey Stoll on property, Corey Stoll sneaks upstairs to murder Dr. Hangover, but Dr. Hangover sneaks up on him and brains him with an ashtray. His fucking psycho muse starts playing. We've seen that the governor's secretary is also there, and shit's getting real now. She watches, because Huck is actually a place with Miss Cartwright, and governor's secretary is like, what, what are you doing? That's, that's patient. Huck's like, no, it's not, and he drives off, and the governor's... Governor's second. I'm just governess this point. The governess walks in, she's like, What the fuck is going on here? So she goes up to see Dr. Hangover, and this is after Corey Stoll's been murdered, and um, they've taken Corey Stoll downstairs and put him in one of hot tubs, and they're going to bash up to 150 degrees. 
And they don't just murder him, they put him in hot tub and so like, you know what you did, you're going to burn, which seems very silly, but it's a TV show, and needs to happen for the third act to happen. So they lock the room and walk off, they leave him to his own vices. Then they go back upstairs where governess is found the blood, and so like, what happened to your Dr. Hangover? And Madrid's like, you know what, you don't want to get involved, because if you get involved, it's going to leak out, and Governor's not going to get re-elected. And she's like, did you murder a man, Dr. Hangover? And Hangover's like, no, 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 no. And she's like, I think you did. And then they hear fucking gunshots, because downstairs, the little one of the creepy little kids from the last episode, who daydreams a lot, is walking around, and he sees fucking Corey Stoll, this motherfucking Terminator, just broke out of the room, broke out of the hot tub, gone up the stairs, and he's somehow walking with his own cord, he's like, reaching out, he's like, hit me, because I guess his mouth, his vocal cords have been burned, despite the fact that his throat wasn't actually in the hot tub, um, but he can't speak, and the police, the security guard, Harold, so like, you stay back, you stay back, and then he shoots Corey Stoll twice in the head to protect this little creepy kid, and so creepy kids, so like, this thing happened, and then Madrid, Governess, and Dr. Hangover running downstairs, have her gunfire, and you're like, oh shit, they're like, get, get the fuck out of here, so then Madrid uses the opportunity to, um, oh no, earlier Madrid had used the, um, some of the time to somehow get Ingrid outside, Huck had doubled back round, so he picked her up and he said, oh, we need money, so Midra's like, oh, stole some money from the nurse bucket, get them to the train station and come back, and no one's going to notice two patients have gone missing, because why would they, because um, fucking Salvatore, or whoever the fuck he was from the last episode, he's he's dead, and no one seems to give a shit. It's a really weird and hostile. And also it's really weird cutting back and forth at this point. It's very much more like Psycho than like the usual Ryan Murphy. I get the impression Ryan Murphy really wanted to remake Psycho, but they'd already done it with the Bates Mateo and he was like, shit. He was like, well, fuck it, I'll just combine both of them. They're both books, right? Um, so then Dr. Hangover, um, he's like, security guard, get the fuck out of here. Go home. Don't, don't, police won't want to talk to you. But if they will call you. And Madrid's like, governess, get the fuck out of here, you know, you don't want this to leak. And then the end of the episode, she visits the governess and sort of like, you know what, 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 what we're going to do, what we're going to do is, if you keep this quiet, we might, we might have relations because you just left your husband, you know, and, Madrid, and the governess is like, what fuck? And she's like, we might do this. But not, not before she's made a phone call, Shannon Stone. Shannon Stone's like, look, you little punk, you little, you little rat, you know. It's like, if you, you get involved, where's my hitman? Madrid's like, he's dead. Corey Stoll's dead. And Shannon Stone's like, I'll find you. I'll kill you. And Nurse Ratchet's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You came in a dream. You better wake up and apologize. And smashes the fucking phone down. And then the episode just sort of ends. And there you go. Um, Wow. Uh, right. Here's the thing. Here, you have to grade this episode on two levels. One, you have to grade it as a standalone episode. In that case, I'd actually give it... Five out of five. I really enjoyed it. It's a really good episode of TV. A lot happened. But unlike the last episode, it felt like it was much better paced. And it did sort of like a finale to like the first part of the season, which was very cool. But here's the problem. We have six to eight episodes left, depending on, depending on how many Netflix made. I think it's ten, but it might be a dozen. And here's the problem. I, I don't really know what story they have left to tell I mean obviously the Edmund stuff I get that but like you burst through a lot of your big plot points already and knowing Ryan Murphy shows I just get sense this shit is just gonna get weird to be weird um and that is concerning because it shouldn't be it should feel like we're aiming somewhere but Ryan Murphy shows usually do this. They just go like, oh, we'll, we'll do our story. And then when we get through that story, we'll do some more story. It's, it's reminds me a bit of Prison Break Season 1 where they were like, they, the entire state were like, we'll, we'll execute Lincoln early. And that's the point show. And then they just were like, oh, we won't. And it's like, oh, okay, well, why do you cite to even do it early? It's like, for storytelling. So yeah, five out of five. I really enjoyed it. Um, very entertaining, incredibly gory. Um, the sight of Corey Stoll stumbling like a fucking Terminator, and then being shot by a black security guard was actually really 
fascinating to watch on many different levels. Um, there were parts I didn't like. Some of the plot threads being dropped. Like, why would you have Dolling Edmund in this episode at all if they weren't really going to factor into anything? It was more a case of like, hey, remember these characters? But people can binge on Netflix. They don't need to have every character in every episode. And at the same time, I do feel like Sharon Stone and Corey Stoff being a bit wasted so far. Corey Stoff is fucking dead unless he comes back because this is Ryan Murphy, so he probably is going to come back at some point. But those were minor minor critiques, and it should be added that they were minor critiques that said they don't take away from the score of the episode because it's still, still like it's still really, really, really entertaining and easily best episode so far. But the worry is that that can't live up to momentum of this. Um, yeah, so there you go. It went full Ryan Murphy, five out of five, best episode so far. And actually, this is a wrap on this week's episode. Um, I feel like I've already got to around about the 50-minute mark, and I don't want episodes to be that long that they go over an hour. And I know if I do another review of an episode, it'll go over an hour. So, yeah, I really enjoyed what I've seen Ratchet so far. It is going to be something I'm going to be reviewing over the next few weeks. Um, So, it depends on how many episodes there are. If there's only 10, it'll finish next week. If there's more than 10, if there's a dozen, then this will be four weeks over the next few weeks. There'll be three episodes in total. But I really did enjoy it. It's something different. It's something unique. And I'm actually a fan of Ryan Murphy's stuff in theory. It doesn't really last long in the season before it goes to shit. But hopefully this will just be either a limited season show or they'll do like Hangbull where each season will be a lead up to like the main movies. Like, for example, if they did their own version, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I would actually be into that just to see the crazy stunt casting they would get. But as so far, I'd say episode four was the best and I'd say I really am enjoying it. Um, I'd say if I was, if I was rate first half season half five, um, I would probably, and I'll combine scores at the end. I'd probably go for three out of five. I really did enjoy it. Um, I think the highs are really high. The lows are kind of low. So I think three out of five is quite apt. If there are more episodes like the last two, it would probably be pushing four, four point five. But the first two weren't great. So there you go. Anyway, what definitely watch these first four episodes of Ratchet, or you know, you should have already watched them because this episode's full of spoilers, but. What can you do? Anyway, this is the Austin signing off for enough weeks saying, remember, life is beautiful. <laughs>